0: Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, podcasting from the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center in Chicagoland, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang.
1: Hey, welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. We're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead in the challenging times we're living. I'm Ed Stetzer, Editor-in-Chief of Outreach Magazine, Executive Director of the Wheaton College. Billy Graham Center. We're excited to have here with us today Brian Tome. He's the founding and senior pastor of Crossroads Church. It's uh, been the fastest growing church in America. It's one of the largest churches in America. Uh, he's authored four books, including his bestseller, uh, The Five Marks of a Man. Also hosts the Aggressive Life Podcast. We're going to talk about that, what that means. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, done several nonprofits, started something called Man Camp. I'll we'll talk about that. Uh, primitive Weekend Camping Experience that has helped tens of thousands of men reclaim the code of manhood. We're going to talk about that. He's married, three kids, lives in Cincinnati. Um, He's also one of the featured speakers at the Amplify Outreach conference coming up in October, October 19th and 20th here on the campus of uh, Wheaton College. Amplify Outreach is designed for pastors, Christians passionate about entering the real issues of our day, to help people discover authentic faith in Christ. So be sure to learn more at AmplifyOutreach.com. Brian, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Ed, a total pleasure. Good. Well, let's jump right in because, um what a year and a half! What a year, the well, more than a year. I, I t- keep telling people, twenty twenty is like in its nineteenth month. So, but whatever this year is, and the last two have been really, really difficult. What have you learned about being a pastor during such a polarizing time?
0: I've learned it's an awful job to have in such a polarizing time. Yeah. It's been, it's just been awful. It's been the, it's been the worst you know, 18 years, or I mean, 18 months of ministry that I've had. It across seems like 18 rest. years. <laughs> yeah, right. It's been, it's been the worst and hardest I've had yeah. since we started the church 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so part of the reality we're all kind of walking through is, is um, how do we lead well in the midst of the division? Yet at the same time, we want to reach people for Christ. And this has been a passion for you for as long as I've known you. Um, I wonder what does it look like right now with you engaging people who don't know Christ in the midst of the cultural tumult and turbulence, seeing much more of that less of that how's it going?
0: Uh, you know you always want to engage people who don't know Christ, but yeah. really, I think my focus and our focus has been to shepherd the flock that we've already had yeah. uh, initially, we did and have done a lot of things with our digital platform we've we've put a lot of resources and creativity in that over the last several years to really be well poised for the church going digital at the beginning of covid and so we you know we had we've seen some good things there but i actually had i just have more of a heart right now for people who are inside the church and are struggling which is just about everybody who's everybody. in the church. We're just, yeah. we're just trying to stick band-aids on people. We're just we're just trying to keep people uh, engaged in the church, engaged in their faith. I mean the the metrics for how people are engaging with their faith whether they are anecdotal or you know actual what's the word for anecdotal, you know, actually it's on a spreadsheet. It's not, it's not positive. So that's really where we've been. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I did your podcast and the aggressive life podcast, and it was, as I expected, an aggressive podcast. I, I, you people can listen to you've had Matthew McConaughey on Dr. Francis Collins, others kind of fascinating, fascinating conversations. Um, But let's talk a little bit about how you define that. You talk about healthy aggression is part of the key to a life that works. What do you mean by that? How is healthy aggression different from unhealthy
0: aggression? Talk to us about that. Well, when I grew up and, uh, in the faith and I had people discipling me and building into me, there's, there's a number of phrases that sound trite today, but they were actually formative for me. Things like let go and let God. Uh, you know, things like when God closes a door, he opens a window. Um, things like, you know, the biblical passage, wait on the Lord, the old Petra song, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Actually, I think that's a psalm, but you know, it is a song, but Petra sang it, so it's, you. it's both. Yeah. You're standing on the Lord. Wow.
1: wow. I just want to apologize to my listeners that Brian is actually singing. This is why he has worship leaders at his church, but okay. i the Lord.
0: I'm worshiping on, the Lord you right are. now. Don't Make you a joyful noise, baby. Let's get Lord. aggressive. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what came with that for me? I've had a number of born again experiences in my life, uh, and one of them was, "Hey, wait a minute! I think I've, I've embraced a passive form of spirituality with these phrases. That's actually not the heart of the Lord. Hmm. Waiting on the Lord is something that you do when you're at the end of your abilities." when you just can't put a dent in it. I I don't wait on the Lord to bring my kids up in the way of the Lord. I bring my kids up in the way of the Lord. I I don't wait on the Lord to solve my marriage. I look at what's wrong in my marriage, I deal with it. So the aggressive life isn't about pounding somebody physically or dominating somebody. It's just recognizing, I have one life that God's given me. And I need to aggressively manage it, or you could call it stewardship if you want.
1: Well, so part of the thing is you're sort of known for, and we're gonna have you, you're gonna be talking about this at the Amplify Outreach Conference. Uh, you're you're known for engaging men, engaging people who maybe have given up on church. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Talk about Man Camp. Why did you start it? What's its purpose? Have you seen men respond to it? Um, how is it helping people? You know,
0: grow in their faith or come to faith for that matter. Talk to us about Man Camp. Uh, Man Camp started at the end of a camping trip I had with some buddies as actually a motorcycle trip. And we sat around in the morning, our last campsite and around the fire and just started talking about things that were beneath the veneer and started talking about our hearts and started talking about God. And this was after we had had a couple days of real difficulty. And I said, we should have something like this for guys who don't want to ride motorcycles and just want to bond with other people. he pushed, <clears throat> and so we said, "Well, how would we do that without motorcycles?" Well, let's have people come to a place where they're not sure exactly where they're going. Let's let's have people poop in the woods. Let's have people bring their own tents. Let's have people. Let's have some rousing worship. Let's 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 strip away religiosity and just speak to men. And we and we did that, and we've had uh, gosh, nearly twenty thousand guys have that wow. kind of experience over the last over the last few few years. And and the heart behind it, Ed, is men are not well. But men are suffering in an unbelievable way, and so man camp is a way to try to strip away religiosity and strip away the things that are crushing us as men, and just get to men's hearts. And we hear over and over with guys who come in that, uh, man, I I was going to kill myself on the way in here, and I didn't. Um, and it's a it's a it's a powerful thing. So that's that's what that is. So how do you do all these things
1: in a space? Now again, let me just say that you know. I'm thankful for the men you're reaching. I'm thankful for the challenge you're laying down for men and more. Um, But we've also heard a lot of this unhealthy uh, ideas of, you know, manhood and more. You know, when we we talked together on the uh, Aggressive Life podcast, you brought up the podcast Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And we saw some, you know, issues there about how manhood was perceived and more. Um, so, you know, how do you kind of say this, how do we avoid the negative, but challenge in the positive around some of these
0: things related to manhood? Yeah, it was certainly hard for all of us to listen to the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. Excellently done. But man, a number of things that Mark Driscoll opened up his mouth on and said, it was like, it was, it was brutal and very stomach turning. And then sometimes there were flashes of brilliance in there. We listen and say, gosh, that guy is smart. Man, if that could have been harnessed. So I'm not talking about some t- toxic form of masculinity. There's folks like Charles Swindoll, certainly historically has had a real ability to speak to men with, with how he did. So kind of fits some paradigm of having some macho preacher thing. That yeah. that doesn't work. I'm not interested in that. So your passion has been to, you want to reach that
1: disconnected man. So how do you move them to a healthy place where they are in relationships with others, where they're strengthening in their if they're married and their marriages. But, you know, I mean, most men don't have friends. I mean, again, but I didn't say all, but most many men don't have friends. How do you get them there?
0: Loneliness is the first epidemic long before COVID, and it's going to last long after COVID. And I think that's those cultural indicators I I talked about earlier, the suicide, the mental illness, all that stuff. It ties back to loneliness. So what you've got to do is you have to have things in your church that are outside of a worship service that your men would be attracted to. That can be a mission trip, by the way. It absolutely can. Men uh, are really connect with those things. It could be uh, a camping thing outside. It could be, we did one a few day uh, a few weeks ago, which was the most successful thing we did. We actually did it on a Sunday morning. We got, we had a guy bring in a, a wild horse and a broke uh, a, a wild horse on stage at crossroads and <laughs> like the I horse told... was actually wild, like oh, absolutely unbroken. It, yes. Yes. Okay. And I, uh, I told our finance folks, I said, look, we're going to do this so you can figure out whether or not we're going to tell our insurance or not. Because I'm, I'm not going to allow insurance <laughs> to shut this down. And we had, had a four-foot-high cage in the circle, sawdust in the ground, you know, wow. the, 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 the the thing circled around. And it. you want to talk, have a guy maybe come into church? There could be a wild horse that's going to be broken on stage. And, of course, people thought it was going to be some guy doing Billy Bucky Bronco on top of the horse. That's not how he did it. Todd Pierce is his name, amazing man. And his whole thing is a horse – I'm sorry to go into a sermon here. Can I give you a three-minute on. on. A horse, a broken horse is just like a wild horse. Broken horses live longer than wild horses, and broken horses are stronger than wild horses. One, one guy on the back of a broken horse can round up an entire herd of wild horses, hmm. and that's what it is like with us with God. God must break us. And what God does, what he does, is he finds the horse's most sensitive, tender area, and that's the area he presses into, because there's been wounding there. And we had three serves on Sunday morning, and he broke three different wild horses in under an hour, and we had music playing while he did it. And there wasn't a guy or woman in the place that didn't have tears in their eyes, because they all said, man, I know I've got that broken place, and I just don't want God to touch it. And I keep thinking I'm 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 stronger by doing it on my own, and I'm not. That brought down walls. And I'll tell you what, Todd said, you're, you're never going to be able to do it. He said, every church wants to do this until they look into the risk of it, yeah. and they don't want to do it. I, they, I've, never, I've never had any church do this inside. And I've then, never heard of this before either, to be pure, But it's not the first yeah. thing that
1: you've done that I but, haven't heard anyone else do.
0: No, but that was – but see, Ed, that was – the masculine thing, yeah. men should be willing to take godly risks. Not that women don't. Women women are the most faithful people in churches. In Christianity, the most ardent followers of Jesus are women, just the way it is. We just had a, a woman camp weekend this last weekend, and it just freaking decimated us because all of our volunteers were gone, <laughs> you know, in all of our churches. <laughs> so, but this thing that, as men, we've got to be willing to make aggressive moves. And that thing... I knew, I knew that the more passive people in our organization would go host oh, too dangerous to this. And I was like, hey, this is exactly why we need to do this. And it's going to reach a kind of person, male and female, that we need to be willing to take risk on. And we did and it paid out hugely for us. Fascinating,
1: fascinating. I, I, people will put that in the show notes so people can actually watch the video and see because that is a. Uh, I, I've never heard that before. I have to confess, I've never heard that before. Uh, you know, the ideas of man camp. You know, I mean, different churches and ministries have done those things. I, you just mentioned you have you have women camp, you have camps for couples, veterans, mothers, daughters, fathers, sons. Not to mention things like your community care and reach out and more. You're going to talk about these things, reaching men and also spiritual outfitters. So. Uh, at at Amplify Outreach, tell us about spiritual outfitters.
0: So, we thought about who is Crossroads. What's Crossroads? Let's, let's let's boil it down, really. To be to be a a big, growing, and effective church, or a bigger, growing, and effective church. Even if you're going from two hundred to 200 to three hundred people, or a thousand to ten thousand, the formula is still basically the same. This sounds awful and gross to say it, but it's still basically the same. Have great teaching and have great uh, great music. You got great teaching, got got great music. At that point, you just got to hurt yourself. You got to make sure your building isn't too awful and everything else. And that that's still two of the huge, huge elements. And so we said, for, for who God's called us to be as a church, we do want to have great teaching and we, we do want to have great music. I would say we have great music and we have above average teaching. Um, that's why many of your listeners maybe have never heard of me because <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not that great. I'm capable. It's of above average. It's above average. Yeah, above average is fine. What's the things that sets us apart? And we realize what God has done in us is the whole Henry Blackaby thing, right? Look and see what God's doing and go be a part of it. That's the whole experiencing God, a playbook that came out decades ago that's been very formative for all of us, is we saw God's using this theme of adventure, whether it's the trips, whether it's the man camp, the vet camp, all these things we're actually taking people on a spiritual adventure and we want to prep them for that because God has called everybody to a spiritual adventure. God has a calling for people. And if we can be the church, not where you come to get the best preaching and teaching, then we will try to be that. But if we can be the place where we go to you or you come to us to get the tools that you need for your spiritual adventure that's something that would excite us. And that's something we think God would, would bless. And so that's, that's the adventure and the journey we've been on. Okay. So the outfitters, what does that look like though? What is it? I mean, how do you help people be outfitters? Okay. So if you come to our website, the website, yep. Yeah. The website doesn't lead with here's where our service locations are and here's where our service times you're coming. If that's the beginning of your website, you're coming. How do I consume your church? You come to our website. You're going to see articles you can get. You're going to find, you know, unique resources you get. You can find the, the the service times on there, but we want to outfit you with things, whether it's, you know, how to put your dog down is an article we've done that's really, really popular or whether it's, you know, how to deal with the phase of parenting you're in or how, what are your objections to Christianity. You want to be able to find that easy on our website. We want to outfit you with those things. We also, if you want, we'll give you a guide. An actual guide, an actual person, when you engage with us, this person will hold your hand to understanding who we are as a church and how we can help you. Look here for this resource, do that. Just like an outfitter would if you went into a store out in the Grand Canyon and wanted to get the right equipment to go to float the, the Colorado River down the Grand Canyon, to have somebody say, You need this, you need that. So we want to hook you up with somebody who will give you those kind of resources. Yeah. Talk to us about the time we're in. We, talked, we
1: started this at the beginning, but you know, you have walked through, you had you had a, a big blow up this past summer, you had some people, you know, and not, that was just one situation that made the news, but there's all kinds of like conflict and division and more that pastors and church leaders are trying to figure out how to, how to lead through. And we were texting during some of the blow up and it's like, you know, no, nobody, nobody gets to, I think, hide out in the basement and just wait for the current cultural challenges to pass. And it you know, come. To, came to your house, and it comes comes to all of our house at some point. How do you deal with that personally? How would you encourage pastors and church leaders to deal with some of the tumult and turbulence they're walking through?
0: Uh, I'm dealing with it awfully. That's how I'm okay. dealing with it. Fair. I don't, I don't. I don't know that I have much to share. I mean, the last eighteen months have been awful for me. Yeah. I yeah. started off with a legitimate desert. Uh, went through a, a, a period right after the the jubilancy of who COVID. This could be a fresh leadership challenge. I felt like that for for about a month or two. And then I went to a verifiable desert where I felt yeah. very, very distant from God. I just felt, where, where is he? I don't sense him. I don't. I, and then I came out of my desert and which all we know, this biblical heroes in the Bible again and again, go into a desert. They haven't done anything wrong. It's just a dry, dry time where they're wondering, where's God? You know? So I was in a desert and then I was, I came out of that, but then I was just darn tired, just worn out, yeah. just, just worn slap out. So I took a significant amount of time off over the summer, came back and I came out tired, but then immediately just went to just, into discouragement. People in the church here you've been with forever and ever just leaving, thinking you've thinking you've gone soft, thinking you're just being politically correct because you said this or you're not speaking to that. Um, you, you make some mistakes and they come back to bite you. I've made some just really bad mistakes. I just, and I've just been really discouraged, Ed. It's been the worst season of discouragement for me in 25, 26 years of Crossroads. So I, I honestly cannot give anybody any tips about how to deal with it. All I know is I'm I'm freaking hanging on by my fingernails. That's yep. what I'm doing. I'm just yep. hanging on and I'm trying to take my cues from others in the Bible who have, it, have had it worse than me and others around the world that have it worse than me. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed by it. I'm not, I'm not hungry. Someone's not beating me. I, I, I'm a mega church pastor. I make really good Jack. Okay. So I got to remind myself of those things sure. in the midst of my difficulty. Cause no, I'm, I'm not having fun at all. And I can't give anybody tips as to what to do to, to make sense of it. Cause I'm good, trying to I, figure it out. I like the transparency. So c- come back to me to the desert then. Okay. So you're, cause you
1: took some time off after the desert season you were in, but you still were up there leading and preaching through the desert. So. It, you're being honest. I love I love the honesty, right? This has been, you know, quite the year for all of us. So, um so what do you how do you lead in the middle of how did you lead in the middle of that desert before you eventually took some time off? Did you did you tell people you're in a desert did you just preach through and just stay preaching on the thing, try to rally the troops because everyone was going through the same hard yeah. not the same hard time, different kinds
0: of hard times. What did you do in the desert? I told people closest to me who I served with on staff and our board that I was in the desert. Yeah. And I I had to tell them, "Hey, relax. I, this I've been through this before." This doesn't mean I'm on the verge of a moral failure. At least I don't right. think so. Right. Um, I had to go back through all the biblical characters been through deserts; these are normal things. So I, I told people who closest to me, that's what's happening. And if you see me acting differently, or if I'm spacing out or whatever, that that's what's going on with me. As I as as soon as I got out of it, and whenever I've come out of desert, it's it's almost like a light switch that goes off. It's like bam. You know, real deserts start immediately. And they end pretty darn quick, too. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't gen- gradually go into a So as soon as like, bam, oh, oh, I, I think about it. And as soon as that happened, then I went to the church and I, I started telling the church about it. Because the shepherds, you know, one of the things a shepherd does is he doesn't wander the sheep around till they just find grass. The shepherd takes sheep where he knows grass will be. And that tends to be where he recently has been. Mm. So I knew my thing was indicative of where a bunch of people were. So I wanted to immediately tell people what I've been through and help them while they went through their desert. Um, so that's what I did with that. So you. So you So during the desert time, you led as you have to lead. You have
1: to lead went, because people need you and more. And, then and you when went you through found, the motions. I yeah, went to, through to the go, motions. Went through the motions. So, it's, I mean, boy, that's, I mean, I get it. I, I've done it. Let me just be clear. I'm not against what you're saying. But you know, some people say, well, "Don't lead through the, don't lead through the motions." But you have to. I mean, this is part of what you have to do. The church isn't necessarily going through what you're going through. You have to lead through that. But when you got to the other side, found that oasis, if you will, you shared where you found yeah.
0: that. That. Yeah. Right. Okay. When I say when I say lead through the emotion, go through the motions, I'm yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. "Hey, I still had to have my time with God in the morning." Sure. And I always heard nothing through it it was like, okay, maybe something there, maybe, man, it just, it was hard. Um, you, you, you're preaching and, and you're not preaching out of an overflowing heart. You're preaching out of muscle memory mm. and out of the knowledge that God has blessed you with for the previous decades. And you go before God and you say, okay, God, that's, that's just, that's just gotta be enough. Um, and you're doing that. So, That's why I say going through the motions. I I, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't have have a natural burn here. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pretend I'm someone I'm not, but that's that's part of my job. And I think that the prophets and others, they went through those things and they did those things as well. Um, They didn't, I mean, Jesus certainly in his 40 day desert, he was away from normal ministry. Um, But he also, I believe he had a desert, right before he led to the cross. He told, he told God, I, I don't want this cup to pass from me. He was sweating blood. I think he had a mini desert there because he was trying to figure it out. And um, you can go through a desert, Ed, and not lose your faith hmm. and and still be used by God, even though you don't feel like you're being used by God. Yeah, let's talk, again, I think this is just fascinating to people because
1: I think a lot of people don't realize that. They feel they're being inauthentic when i i think sometimes leading well is leading from a place of brokenness spiritual dryness and desert yet i'm still called to lean on others right might have others hold my arms up i might i might i have to lean on the lord even though sometimes i don't feel his presence i know he's not he's not failed me yet and he won't fail me this time as well so how did you Um, communicate that to those two? You said you told some people, how did you communicate that to them? You mentioned some that you're like, if I'm acting strange, et cetera, et cetera. But did you share the need and the struggle too with them?
0: Absolutely. Uh, You're being inauthentic if you're keeping everything inside and you're playing a game with everybody. Mm -hmm. That's when you're being inauthentic. But going to people who are trusted, who are close to you and telling them, this is what's going on. That's and then, outside of that, presenting a face of faith and strength to the rest of the congregation—that's not being inauthentic. That's not being any, any any more inauthentic than I'm going to go through a building campaign, and we need to raise X gajillion dollars. It feels like to you at that time, and inwardly you're going, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what we can do it." But you present a face, hey, this is what God's asking us to do. It's what I believe we're going to do, and we're going to go forward and do it. That's not being inauthentic. That's being a leader. Mm-hmm. So. I was very clear with our board, this is where I was, this is what was happening, and very clear with people who were closest with me on staff. And then out of that, out of that, I had to lead strong. And sometimes you lead strong when you're not feeling it. If if, if you're only going to follow God when you're feeling it, I'm sorry, you're not going to follow God very often. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So um, good. Talking to Brian Tome. Brian is going to be our guest at the Amplify Outreach Conference as well and his words here is going to talk some about man camp, going to talk about spiritual outfitters and more. One last question for you Brian is um you know pastors and church leaders they might be in the desert that you're maybe out of now. They may be they're certainly feeling the tur- the turbulence and that's not probably going to go away for a few years. You've told us pretty pretty transparently you're like I don't know. You know I'm I'm struggling with the rest of us. Help us to struggle with you. What would you what are you doing to make it through? What would you encourage us to do to make it through? That's our audience as pastors and church leaders. So how do we hold on with those fingernails? So
0: well, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. I don't know if it's going to work for you, but here's what I'm doing. So my season of desert was where is God? I don't feel him at all. My season of tiredness was, okay, okay. I I sense God. We're we're good. But I'm just worn slap out. I just I'm losing my mind. I can't, I I can't stay focused in meetings. I, I emotionally come unglued in ways that I normally wouldn't if I wasn't tired discouragement then is okay. I'm not tired. I feel God, but I'm just looking at all the signs and the signs just look bad. Attendance looks bad. Um, the emails I get look bad. The people who I thought were in my corner, no matter what, they're not, that looks bad. It's a, and so what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm looking at things in the Bible as reason for hope. You know, you know, you know, Psalm says hope deferred is what's a crush to the heart. It's not lack of hope. It's lack of when am I going to have hope again. And that's what that's when you're really discouraged. It's not like I have I don't see it, but I'm hopeful. It's like I don't even have hope, which is the four yeah, the forewarning to when it goes well. So the, the story in the Bible I'm really clinging tightly to right now, or I'm learning something from, is Abraham and Isaac, you know, a classic story, takes mm-hmm. Isaac up and raises the knife to kill him, and, and God says, oh, okay, oh, don't, don't kill your son, don't kill your son, and there's a phrase there that very, very few preachers are ever willing to see, and even very few willing to preach. I'm going to preach it here for a moment. And I know some are going to brand me of being a heretic. That's okay. I'm just going to say what's helping me right now. What God says is, now I know that you love me above, above your son. That's that's the paraphrase, that you love me above your son. But it's not a paraphrase. He says, now I know. Abraham's Abraham's test was not for Abraham. It did form Abraham. It did form him. It did, it did subsequently do something with him. But according to God's words... That was for God. Now I'm getting into almost open theism here. I'm not an open theist. I'm not. But certain verses we just have to take at face value. It says very clearly that God's knowledge base of Abraham was added to based on Abraham's faithfulness to do the thing that he wasn't feeling. So what I'm clinging to right now is, okay, God, maybe this is a test for me. Maybe you're learning what Brian Tome is made out of. I know I'm being formed right now. I don't know that, but maybe you're learning what I'm made made out of. And maybe this is going to qualify me for something in the future if I just hang on a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. if I Mm -hmm. just am trusting you and being faithful a little longer. My hope is that there's better days because this is my walk with my son with a knife in my hand up the top of the mountain, and God, I'm just going to trust that you know what you're doing here, and I'm going to add your knowledge base, and by faith, I'm going to trust your knowledge base is going to be more positive of me. That's what I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah, evidencing to the Lord. And again, I, I I don't think that makes you an open theist. I think it makes you open about your struggle, and yeah. I appreciate that you are indeed. We're going to hear from Brian. This is Brian Tome, author and bestseller bestseller, author of The Five Marks of a Man. You can learn more about Brian at Brian Tome. It's T-O-M-E, E at the end, silent Briantome.com Thanks again for listening to Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. You'll find more interviews as well as uh, great content for ministry leaders at churchleaders.com. Uh, don't forget to check out the Amplify Outreach Conference at amplifyoutreach.com. You'll hear more from Brian there as well. And if you found our conversation today helpful, we'd love for you to take a few moments and leave us a review on iTunes, help other ministry leaders find us benefit from the content. You can find this content as well as other great faith-based podcasts. On the Faith Play app available in both Apple and Android. Thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.